Um, good morning. We're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Lamed Tes, and we're starting all the way at the bottom of Lamed Chesimid Beis, two lines from the bottom. We're currently in the midst of a sugya, and we had asked a question on our Mishnah. In order to understand this question well, let's look back just for a moment on Lamed Chesimid Aleph and our Mishnah. Our Mishnah had discussed three cases. The first case was a Shomeris Yavam who fell into some money while she was a Yavama waiting to be married. And then the second part of the Mishnah is where she died as a Shomeris Yavam. What was strange is that in the Reisha, Beis Shammai had agreed that the money was completely hers. Yet when she died, for some reason, he said that her family and his family go through the process of Yachloku. So why is it that Beis Shammai vacillated from, it's very strange, just either it's all hers or, or it's Yachloku, but, but you can't say part yes, part no. It doesn't make sense in the Mishnah. We gave two answers. And now we're moving on to answer number three. We will see another answer after this. And then the Gemara will give us a Psaq Halacha. Says the Gemara, Lamed Chesimid Beis, two lines from the bottom, Amar Abaye. In the Reisha, the first part of our Mishnah where it says she's Shomeris Yavon and Beishamah and Beishelel agree that the money is all hers, that's when she inherited, when she fell into this money as a Shomeris Yavon. However, Seifa, the case where she died, was the Nafulakshahi Tachtov Debal. The Seifa, the second case where we said Yachloku, that's where she inherited the money before her husband died, before Ruvain died. Rashi, bottom of the page, last Rashi, last lines, Dibramaskal Seifa. Rashi says, The money, she inherited a million bucks. She won the lottery when she was married to Ruvain. And then she became a Shomeris Yavam, top of Lama Tesmet Aleph, the Kasavar Abai Yadoki Yada. In such a circumstance, his hand and her hand are the same. And that's why the Mishnah says, Yachloku. That's why, that's why Beishamai says in the second case of the Mishnah, Yachloku, because Yadoki Yada. And then Rashi actually goes through a very important Rashi. We just don't have a lot of time. But Rashi here on the top of the page details how within Abai's answer of Yadoki, how Beis Shammai and Beis Hillel, how each of their shitas work out. Nevertheless, this answer is not accepted by Rava because Amar le Rava, if in fact she fell into this money when she was still married to her original husband to Ruven, that's not correct what you're saying, Abaye. In that case, had she inherited the money when she was married to Ruvain still, we wouldn't say Yado ki Yada. Everyone would agree Yado is a defect than Yada, then he would have more power over her money than she would. And therefore he rejects Abaye's answer. Therefore, Rava gives his own answer. This is answer number four, Lama Tesimad Aleph, third line. Really, both the Resha and the Seifa, the case of Shemeris Yavam and the case of where the Shemeris Yavam dies, both of them is where she made the money only as a Shemeris Yavam, not while Ruven was alive. And Resha, the low of Adba Maimer, Seifa the of Adba Maimer. Okay, another level of distinction. That in the Resha, where we see that Beishamai doesn't argue and he agrees that the money is all hers, that's because Maimer wasn't done. She's just a Shomeris Yavam with no Mimer. However, Seifa, where she died, that is in a case where Mimer took place. To Avad Ba Mimer. Because of Rava, Rava holds Mimer Lebe Shamai. When, uh, according to Beishamai, when a man does Mimer, so let's say this woman, Rachel, that Shimon, Ruven's brother, Shimon does Mimer to Rachel, what, what happens to her? It's Osevadai Arusa Bisafek Nisua. It generates this dichotomy where she's partially a Vadai Arusa and she's partially a Safek Nisua. How does this play out? She's a vaday arusa in as much as lidchos bitzara to say that the tzara doesn't need anything. Her the co-wife doesn't need anything to be exempt from uh, chalitza. The safek nesua lachlok benechasim. But how is it that she is a safek nesua? That's true in as much as it relates to the splitting of her property. And this as well explains the shita of beishamai, the reisha and the seifa, a distinction of mimer versus no mimer. 
let's, uh, let's discuss this a little further and try to bring some proofs. Now, in uh, Gemara language, we have a phrase called Tanya Kavase de person X, the Tanya Kavase de person Y. We have this all the time. Yet here, uniquely, the Gemara is bringing a raya from Amoraim and not from Tanaim. Says the Gemara, Itmar Mishmei de Revelazar Kavase de Rava, be Itmar Mishmei de Rabbi Yossi, Reb Chanina Kavase de Abaye. So we have two other statements in the Amoraim who seem to support, respectively, the Shitas of Rava and Abaye. So that means that the Gemara just said that Rebbe Lazar supports Rava. Rava had just made the distinction of Mimer. Umi Amar Rebbe Lazar Hachi, can Rebbe Lazar really agree with Rava about this distinction in Mimer? After all, the Amar Rebbe Lazar, Mimer bilvad. The only functionality of Mimer is that it exempts the Tzara, but it doesn't do anything else. So how then can you say it leads to Yachloku for her properties? Rebbe Lazar cannot agree with Rava, says the Gemara. You're right. We need to switch around what we just said was the Amoraic statements that support Abaye and Rava. And if we just look back up a few lines, it would be Rebbe Lazar doesn't agree with Rava, but rather Abaye. And Rabbi Yossi Reb Hanina would agree with, with Abaye, and, and Rabbi Yossi Reb Hanina would, be, would agree with Rava and not Abaye. Says the Gemara, that's one answer of Epoch. Here's another possibility. Really, really Rebbe Lazar can hold of Rava. When I was talking about the limitations of Maimir, as to whether or not there's a need for a get or chalitza, that's true that that's what I was talking about. I wasn't talking about that topic, but yes, there are there is an impact in regards to Nechasim, and therefore I can still substantiate this Shita. Amar Rava. Uh, Amar Rav Papa, excuse me, third of the way down, Lama Tesamid Aleph, Rav Papa says, The implication of our Mishnah is like Abaye. Let's review Abaye on the very last line of Lama Tesamid Beis. What did he say? He said that the Reisha was talking about when she when he, she inherited her money as a Shomeris Yavam. She was uh, on the way to get married. And that the Seifa was talking about a case where she inherited the money while she was still married to her original husband, to Ruvin. So now back in our Gemara, really, says Rav Papa, uh, Abaye is right, that the safe of the Mishnah is where she inherited the money while she was married. And even though the Gemara posed a question yesterday against, against Abaye, says the Gemara, what was the question there? Uh, we'll see in a moment what the question was, but let, let's continue with the Shita of Rav Papa. How would we know that our Mishnah is right? Diktani, our Mishnah says, It's money that uh, enters and exits with her. What does the Mishnah mean when it says Nichnasim and Yotim? Says the Gemara Lab, doesn't it mean Nichnasim the Rishus Habaal, the Yotim Rishus Habaal, Rishus Haab? That obviously some of that money was inherited by when she was married because some of the money is Nichnas the Rishus Habaal. Isn't that what Nichnasim and Yotim means that she was married when she got this money? And therefore, we can see that our Mishnah is like Abaye, that it was in the Seifa, that it was Naflu Tachas Abal, that she ran into her money. She fell into her money when she was married to Ruve. So it says the Gemara, not only that, even though we said earlier, we asked yesterday, why is it, according to Abaye, why is it that our Mishnah would have given this weird case of where she died in the Seifa? We could have easily understood our case only speaking about whether or not we're talking about the principle of her nichsei malug or the, uh, the, or the uh, fruits of the nichsei malug. Why did we have to go to the case of Mesa? We did ask that question. But the Gemara says, interestingly, that that question, much as it's a good question, it doesn't uproot our conclusion. Vesu lo midi. We cannot ask, we cannot push any more on this. What does vesu lo midi mean? Take a look at Rashi halfway down. Rashi, Zibra Masko, vesu lo midi says, 
Don't don't let this be a question for you. It is, of course, the case that our Mishnah is implied, has a hint to Abaye. There's a question. There's a question. But the best answer that we have, and the one that has a, it's, a space inferred in our Mishnah, is that of Abaye. As we conclude here at the halfway mark on Lama Testament Aleph, we are concluding our answer. We've given four answers to this one question. Why is it that in the ratio of, the Mishnah, of our Mishnah, Abaye seems to say that she's a full owner? of the money that she fell into. And in the Seifa, she isn't. It's Yachloku. And Abaye's answer is because in the Seifa, she inherited that money when she was still married to Ruvain and Yado Kiyada. End of this part of the Mishnah. The, the Mishnah had then continued that Kansa Harehi, we had said in our Mishnah that once the Yavam marries the, the Shomeris Yavam, once Shimon, Ruvain's brother, marries Rachel, they're fully married. Says the Gemara, Lemai Hilchasa. What is it that you're trying to teach me? Of course, we know that they're married. What are you trying? What, what what halachic piece are you trying to tell me about? So this uh, will go quickly to the Mishnah here because we've already learned this before. That if in fact the Yavam wanted to now divorce the Shomeris Yavam, he would need a regular get. And if he wanted to marry her, he could remarry her. He could. Says the Gemara. Uh, there's a lot of obviousness happening over here. First of all, Megarsha beget pshita. Obviously, the way that they would have to get divorced, so they would need to get divorced, is through divorce. The only time chalitza applies is before yibum takes place. If yibum takes place, they're fully married. Obviously, that's for sure true. Says Gemara, no. I might have thought as follows: Because the Torah says that you should take for yourself a wife and you should be yibma, you should marry her through yibum. Adayin, the vav should be removed. Adayin yibume harishon aleha. Maybe the yibum status was never actually removed because what is her marriage referred to as? The Yibma in the Pasuk. The Chalitza in Beget Lo Kamash Malan. I might have thought that once a woman is a Yavama, even if though she gets married, she doesn't fully lose her Yibum status. She's always a Yavama in some percentage and therefore Chalitza would work to divorce her and not again. Kamash Malan, that that's not true. That's not correct. We say... We say that uh, she would have to get a proper divorce. And what about the second thing that Rabbi Yossi Reb Chanina said, that Machzira, that he can remarry her? Of course, Pshita, why not? So says the Gemara, a beautiful Havamina. Salka Daita Chamina were four lines before the wide lines, Lamatas I might have thought that mitzvah de Rami Rachmana Alei Avda. We know that the only reason why Shimon married Rachel, let me say better, the only reason why Shimon was allowed to marry Rachel was the Matir in the Pesukim of Yibum. However, Hashda Tekum Ach, maybe once they get divorced, Okay, you fulfilled the mitzvah of Yibum. You were married and Nebuchadnezzar didn't work out. You got divorced. Now, does she revert back to her old status of Eishas? Ah, have a meaning that maybe she would come Ashmalan that she does not. Says the Gemara, that's a great svara. Why wouldn't you say that once the mitzvah of Yibum was done and now they got divorced? Okay, but Eishas Ach kicks in again. Why don't we say that? That's a great question. We've already fulfilled the mitzvah of tefillin. Do I have to put him on again? No, you're done already. So if you fulfill the mitzvah of Yibam already and you get divorced, why doesn't she revert back to the status of Eishas Ach? So it says the Gemara, two, last two lines before the wide line, because Amar Akra, that is the drasha in the Pasuk that says that even though they did get divorced, and even though the only reason they got married in the first place was because of a heter of Yibum against the Isra of Eishas Ach, fine, go get married, that's a Pasuk in Chumash, but when you get divorced, Havamina, maybe you should be Chayavis and Eishas Ach again, and you cannot marry her, Kamash Malon, that she is a regular woman.
We're at the first long line, So this was the din that we said in the Mishnah that we were going to speak about at another time. That time has come. So in our Mishnah, the last line of our Mishnah, reads, that the Ksuba has to have a tie to the original husband's uh, property. She has to have some, some rights uh, that come to her from that marriage. My time. Why is this true? So this is so interesting. It's, it's not a fully regular marriage. What does the Gemara say? Because Asher Hiknu Lo Min Shimon didn't want to date this girl. Shimon might, have been, might be married to somebody else. This marriage literally fell on his lap. That you, now you have to get married to her. Or, or Yibum or Chalitza. So he says, you, you need me to invest my property in, in this Ksuba because I'm for it. It's not fair. So the Torah was understand. The Torah was chas on him and says, you're right. And what we're going to do is that if there's a shibud karka, if there's going to be some type of lien that will help support her in the marriage, it should come from the first husband. And if, if in fact, there isn't anything from the first brother, then absolutely, then the second husband, Shimon, does in fact have has to pony up. It should be difficult for him to divorce her because he needs to know that there is a hook that will keep him still attached. Next Mishnah, two-thirds of the way down, Lama Tesimut Aleph. We spoke about this before, but now we're going to speak about it in full color. A relatively easy, smooth-flowing Gemara. Mitzvah begadol yabim. We said that the older one has a mitzvah. Even we're going to analyze that. Lo rata, if the oldest child, let's say the old, let's say that the oldest child is uh, Reuven. So he, let's say lo rata, he doesn't want to do yibum. So then mehalchan al kol And then we go down the line. Bezdin will go down the line and ask all of the siblings. Lo ratu. What if, in fact, they don't want to? So then says the Gemara, You need to choose. You're the oldest. At the end of the day, the buck stops with you. So you said you didn't want to. Then they went to the other brothers. The other brothers didn't want to. We as Bezdin don't have a choice. We have to ask you to do it. Back to the oldest brother. The Mishnah continues. Let's say, well, you know what? There's a young child. And maybe when he gets older, he'll be the one to do the Yibum. Let's wait a few years. Oh, or if we argue, or there is an oldest brother, but he's out of town. Or you can marry someone who's a Cheresh or a Katan, but you're not, I'm not interested. Says the Gemara, that's not a Svara. The oldest available brother should be ideal. You, the oldest uh, child, the oldest remaining brother, you need to be the one to decide if you want to marry this woman or not. Fine. It's Mar. The Gemara has a, a conversation in the Amorai. What's better? Bias Katan Vichalitzas Gadol. You have uh, the, uh, the the Yibum of a younger of a younger child or the Chalitza of an older child. Now let's be clear here. Rashi highlights this. Rashi is the second of the very long lines, halfway through the line. The high katan lav katan mamishu, the katan lav bar chalitza v'yibumhu, shema yimtza sris. So when when the Mishnah here says I'm sorry, when the Gemara opens and says, Bias Katan versus Chalitzas Gadol, we're talking about a young brother who's 15 years old versus an older brother who's 20 years old. What's better? Do we, is it better for there to be Yibum with a younger but bar mitzvah child or to do Chalitza with an older child? So this is really putting the rubber to the road. What's better, Yibum or Chalitza? And which, which child is the one to do it? This is a machloke samurai. Pligi bar of Yochanan Rabbi Yushuban Levi. Chadamar bias katan adifa because Yibum is the, what the Pasuk prefers. The Chadamar chalitza is gadol adifa. Mandamar bias katan adifa to ha mitzvah bihibum. That's what the Pasuk says to do first. And only if you don't want to marry your brother, your, uh, your, your brother's wife, fine, then do chalitza. So that's what the Pasuk seems to say. Mandamar chalitza is gadol adifa. According to the one who says that the older brother is better off doing chalitza than the younger brother, but bar mitzvah should do Yibum. Why is that? Because b'makom gadol bias katan lav klumi. 
when you have an older sibling, the priority is with him. So here is the question just a little bit more in the abstract. What is better? Is it better to marry in the ideal form of Yibum with but a younger child or in the less ideal form of Chalitza, but with an older child? So that is the, the machlokes here in the Amorim. And now the Gemara is going to ask a few questions on this. Let's see which one of these two shitas is right. It's not. We said in our Mishnah, Lo Ratza, that if the older sibling doesn't want to, then Machzir and Al-Kol Ha'achet. Then Bezdin will go to all of the other brothers. My love, Lo Ratza Liyabim El Alachlotz. When it says Lo Ratza, doesn't it mean that he wanted to do Chalitza? And just because he wanted to do Chalitza, they then went on to the other brothers. And Bezdin now asks all the other brothers, Shmami no bias katan Adifa. Because what the older brother wanted to do is he said, I'll do a chalitza. I'm not interested in marrying her. Okay, fine. We'll move on, implying that the bia is more important, that the yibum is better. Says Gemara, low. That's absolutely not right. Six lines from the bottom. The older brother didn't want to do anything. Nothing. I'm not helping her. I'm not hurting her. I'm out. I'm not interested. Uh, says the Gemara, that doesn't make sense. Is that true by all of them? Nobody wanted to do chalitza or yibum? Amai, why then would we say, if you're going to force anyone, why do you have, why does Bezdin have to be Matriach to go find the older brother? You got the, the younger ones in front of you. What should you do? Make one of the younger brothers do it. But the reason why, says the Gemara, is because it must be that the mitzvah is on the older child. So that's where the Gemara is leaning right now. Let's try another question. Four lines from the bottom. It's not. <coughs> the Gemara says, what about the recommendation that maybe there's a younger child, he's 10 years old, soon he'll be 13. Fine, let's wait. And then we said, ain't shomim lo. Says the Gemara, why not? If the older brother is only willing to do chalitza, and the 10-year-old who will be 13 in a few years is willing to do yibum. So why don't we just wait? Isn't that better? Nintar, we should wait. We should delay. Because when this 10-year-old gets older, yibum is better than chalitza. Says the Gemara, well, that doesn't work out because of the Tamech, according to you, we also said that if there's a Gadol who is out of town, we also don't wait for him. But I, maybe we should say, Nintar, Dilma Asi maybe the older brother will come back. Oh, Ella, what do we see from here? That when there is a delay, when there is a delay in uh, doing the Yibum, we don't push off. Yibum or Chalitza. We always do. Uh, whoever is the oldest, most available, and uh, that would be the right move. On the top of Lamed Testament base, the Gemara says there's another way that this was framed out. Uh, this machlokas of the Zamoraim about Bias Katan versus Chalitzas Gadol. Lamed Testament base on the top, Ista Amre, or some versions have Ika de Amre, which is a little bit more typical. Ika um, de Amre, that really there was a different frame here. What was the different frame? De Amre. Really, there's nothing to talk about. And really, we should feel this way too, because that's what the Pasuk says. The Pasuk says, you should do Yibum. Oh, so really, What about the Chalitzas Katan? Here's really what's going on. You have a 15-year-old brother who's willing to do Chalitza, and a 20-year-old brother who's willing to do Chalitza. One says that it's better for the older person to do it, the older brother, the 20-year-old. One says, no, the 15-year-old and the 20-year-old, they are the same as it relates to Chalitza. Because that's what the Pasuk says. It says that we should be the bigger brother. The only time 
time we say that the older brother has a preference to be used for this mitzvah is only by Yibum. However, wow, it's brilliant. What a great distinction that only by Yibum do we care about the age of the child. But by Chalitza, it doesn't matter. It, you just got to go through the motions to get her to be free. That's it. We don't care who it is. Oh, so now let's ask a couple of questions on this as well. Similar Mari Mikomos, because it's just an Ika Amre. So we should expect similar reframed questions, but all with the same Mari Mikomos. Says the Gemara, 10 lines down, Lamed base. based. Uh, the Mishnah says, Lo Ratu. It says that if the younger brothers uh, reject uh, reject her and don't want to do anything, we don't know what that means yet, what they don't want to do. Chosrenet Salgado, they go back to the big to the big brother. My love, Lo Ratu liyabe melalachlots. Doesn't that imply that maybe when it says lo ratzu, that it means that they only wanted to do chalitza and not yibum, and still we go back to the older brother, v'katani still chosnetzel adifa. by virtue of the fact that they said, you want to do chalitza? Okay, that's not ideal. Let's go back to the older brother. We would rather him do chalitza than you. Therefore, we see that chalitza's gadol is adifa. Says Gemara, no, that's not what lo ratzu means, lo. Lo ratu means lo lo lachlot v'lo liyabim. Says the Gemara, the chavase gabe gadol v'lo ratu lachlot v'lo liyabim. The gadol didn't want to do anything. So says the Gemara. If that's true, am I chosrin etzel gadol mechvia lichfaihu leditu? If Bezin's already talking to the younger children, why are you going back to the older? So if somebody has to do something. Who cares who it is? Just ask the younger ones. Bezin's already there. Answers the Gemara. Kevan the mitzvah lidide ramya lidide kaifinon. Because really, it is ideal for the oldest brother, and that is uh, the answer to this question. Yet the Gemara will bring two more questions, and then we'll stop. We're going to be stopping at the two dots, which are uh, four lines into the middle width lines. Says the Gemara. Tashma we had said in our Mishnah, what about the possibility of waiting for one of the older siblings who's just traveling across, uh, outside of the country? We said, ain't Why did we say that? If you really think that that the older sibling should do Chalitza, that that's better, we should wait. We should wait. If Chalitza's is ideal and the Gadol's out of town, wait till he comes home. What's the big deal? Says the Gemara. <coughs> If that logic were to be true, the Katanachi Yagdil, it also says that maybe if there's a child, we should wait for him to grow up. We don't listen to him either. That's nothing to do with the Gadol. Maybe we should say that we should wait for this child to come back and he should do Yibum. Skip the parentheses. Ella, like we said before, when it comes to the Mitzvah of Yibum or Chalitza, we do not wait. And this is version number two of the Gemara with one more question still to ask. Says the Gemara, Tanan Hasam, halfway down the Testament base, Mitzvah Yibum Kodemes the Mitzvah Chalitza. It is appropriate. The mitzvah of yibum precedes the mitzvah of chalitza. If you should, if you can choose, it's better to do the mitzvah of yibum. Now, birishona shayim iskavn in the shame mitzvah. That was only true when a person was doing yibum. They were doing so the shame shamayim, right? To be uh, to make sure that there would be a name uh, after his brother. But achshav shayim iskavn in the shame mitzvah. Amru mitzvah chalitza kodemus the mitzvah yibum. This is pretty much why we never do yibum nowadays is because people's intentions are wrong and that is not a good idea. You can't marry someone for the wrong reasons. However, Amar Rav, Rav says, ain't kofin. We don't force people to do chalitza. You can do it. They can do whatever they want. He also the de Rav when a case came in front of Rav. Amar lahu, he said to the couple, ibais chalutz, ibais yiyabim, bididach talarachmano. It is up to you 
and he gives them the latitude to choose. Ra was of the opinion that they could just remember, Ra was almost 2,000 years ago. It's 1,800 years ago in the 200s. He lived around, well, Rabbi Hudanasi died in 220s, and he was a Talmud, so he lived around the year 200. So even at that time, he held that Yibum was mutter. After Rabbi Huda, who was a Talmud of Rav, one generation later, Savar Ein Kof, and he said the people can choose. How do we know? It turns out that when there was Chalitza, there was some type of documentation that was provided. He would make sure that it was written in the, in the, in the Chalitza contract as follows. This woman, the daughter of, um, of, her, of her parent, she brought in front of me Ploni Yavama. She brought in front of me the man who is her Yavama, Kadmana, in front of me, Lebedina. And it was made known that he was the brother of the man who died, who shared a father. So Reuven and Shimon had the father Yaakov, that Reuven died, and they were the sons of the same man. If you want to do Yibam, great. And if not, you can extend your right shoe. And he did so. He didn't want to do Yibam, he extended his foot. Uh, she removed his shoe from his foot. She spit in front of them. A spit that they were able to see that she spit on the ground. Okay, so now we see that it's optional. It's still optional, even after the times of the Churban, even in the times of the Amoraim, mutter for us to do Yibum and or Chalitza, not and or, uh, Yibum or Chalitza, our choice. First long line, just a few lines to go for today. says, We would read whatever the Psukim spoke about, about this particular mitzvah. What does the word mean uh, in this contract that Rabbi Yehuda was talking about? What does that mean? That's Pligi Baravacha Baravina. Some say that we had to identify the Yavam Be'edus to say to Adim, I know that this is uh, Ruvain's brother, Shimon. No, no, come on. This is not Adus. All we're doing is saying, yeah, I know him. He's Ruvain's brother. Sufficient. It's not Adus about what happened or what didn't happen. What's the din? Says the Gemara. All we're doing is revealing a fact. Anyone can identify this. You can walk up to someone and say, who is that? I'd be like, oh, uh, I, yeah, are you Dr. Karish's son? I'm Dr. Karish's son. You don't need any edus for that. You just need anyone. It could be a karov, it could be an isha. Anyone who's otherwise puzzled for edus, they're allowed to give testimony here. So during Chalitza, Ladina, what happens? So a man walks into Bezdin, and the Av Bezdin says, I know you, you're Shimon, you're Ruben's brother. And that is considered sufficient. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up on Shabbos. Uh, 45 minutes before Mincha, wishing you all a beautiful Seder night, a beautiful Yontif, and a beautiful Shabbos.